good new week to you all. To our loving general public joining us for yet another episode of the Dirty Talk podcast. This week is the first week of the rest of your life. Ooh, that's very profound. Very profound. We get super profound here. If you don't know the way this works, we come out with a new episode every week. The odd-numbered episodes go on our Patreon. If you want to hear those very odd episodes, you can go to patreon.com backslash Podcast and hear all those. Or you can just join us for these every other week, even-numbered episodes that we broadcast out to the world at large. I mean, you are missing 50% of the fun. You are. And 50% of the inside jokes. Because we do reference things that we talk about on the odd weeks. And so you might not get the inside joke like the cool kids that are on the inside. (laughs) But it's your choice. Do what you wish. We're here for you either way. Indeed. This week, we're not going to talk about the big story of the week. No, we're not. There's enough of that going. There's, there's, There's plenty of that going around. You're here because you want fun. You want excitement. You want escapism. We are going to be talking about sex, fucking, and babies, though. We are. We are going to be talking about sex, Well, usually every week we talk about sex, fucking, and babies. true. In some kind of combination. Whatever (laughs) the permutation that we we throw together for that week for science, sex, fucking, babies, and whatever else we can come up with. Not fucking babies. No. There was a comma. Yes. there's The commas are always important. Punctuation punctuation makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Just want to be clear. I'm going to start this week by talking about getting away from it all. Ooh. Because sometimes you just want to take a little vacation and relax and get away from it all and let the worries of the world drain away and just be calm and comfortable and alone with your thoughts, right? Okay, go on. You have my attention. There is a new place you can go to get away from it all in Switzerland. Is it a meditation retreat with a lot of yoga? It is, right? No, it is not a meditation retreat. And I'm also fucking with you because I know this is not something you would want to do. How do you know? Maybe. What is it? Let me describe it to you. I'm listening. Two Swiss concept artists have come up with what they call a zero-star hotel. (sighs) Now, essentially, this (sighs) zero-star hotel is a double-bed on a platform with two bedside tables and a lamps, but there are no walls, no ceiling or doors, and it is set up right next to a gas station on a busy highway. Oh, look, that's something I have zero interest in doing. Yes, the whole zero. reason they've set this room up, this zero-star hotel, is that they want to encourage guests to get no sleep and spend the whole night tossing and turning while thinking about the problems of the world. Um, yeah, you know where people enthusiastically say, sign me up? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Are you saying that you can get no sleep and sit there tossing and turning while pondering the crises of the world all on your own from the comfort of your own bed? Correct. And it's more comfortable. And there's walls. And there's walls and a little bit of privacy. A little bit of privacy, less noise. I'm not next to a gas station. But there's a butler? Um, the, the suite comes with butler service that brings you drinks and, and breakfasts. What, what makes it a suite? It's huge. I, Think of how huge it is. This room is as large as the whole rest of the world. <laughs> it's only $337 a night to get oh. a room that is the size of the earth beneath your feet. With a butler. 
with the butler that brings you drinks and breakfast. I'm still going to have to pass on that. Yeah. Are you no, sure? Well, okay. You. Well, if you change your mind, they're taking reservations beginning July 1st through the middle of September. Okay. If you no, want I'm to good. go and stay <laughs> in this bed that's on the side of the road next to a gas station in Switzerland. I, I do not. You know what? How you had said I wasn't going to be interested. And mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. Give me a chance. It turns out you were right. Mm -hmm. I am not interested at all. That but think of the horrible. view. It has a beautiful view of the Swiss Alps. Of a, of, of a gas station? Of the gas station in the Swiss Alps. Uh, yeah, I'm good. No, it thanks. might be a little fumy and a little petroly. Yeah, yeah. See, right there. That's mm, no, no, a little, little loud, oh, a little well. noisy, and like I couldn't really fall asleep because I'd be worried someone would come up and in the middle of the night. If I managed to get to sleep, I would have nightmares that would yank me out of the comforting embrace of unconsciousness, and the nightmares would be some weirdo wandering into my suite and standing over the bed, staring at me inches from me while I'm unconscious. But you already have those nightmares. No, that's not true. I've never had Don't a nightmare. Don't you have nightmares of people chasing you all the time? Chasing, not staring not at me while I'm asleep. So My nightmares brand, have- This is an opportunity for a brand new nightmare rain. <laughs> My nightmare is very awake and there's a lot of mobility happening. There's no nightmares where I'm unconscious and someone's standing over my bed staring at my unconscious flesh. Well, maybe the butler will shoo away any I unwanted people. At over $350 a night, I should certainly hope the butler would be shooing, shooing away people so they don't stare at me while I'm unconscious and sleeping. And the whole point of this hotel suite is that you do not get any sleep. You sleep, yeah, and So success. you can sit there and just worry and fret about the crises of the world and then think about how you can act differently to improve whatever the state of human existence is currently. I don't need to lose sleep and pay over $350 in order to gain that experience. $337. See, you don't have to pay over $350. Oh, you oh. You pay less than $350 for this experience. It's a bargain. I, I thought you said $387. And I'm like, that's... $337 still so outrageous. You oh, you're saving money already. Uh, yes. Yeah. You Pass. know who would be upset that you won't be getting any sleep that night? I actually know exactly who would be upset if I did not manage. I actually pissed this group off on the regular because I have a little bit of yield insomnia. Oh, as so you, you know, know who me. I'm talking about then. Would it be mites? Yes, specifically Demodex folliculorum. Correct. Is that who you're thinking of? That is exactly who I'm thinking of. Do tell, enlighten these good folks about Demodex folliculorum, if you would be so kind. First off, I want to do a huge shout out and I want to thank you for pronouncing the name. You're welcome. Uh, so now I don't have to. Mm -hmm. I am just going to call them face mites. Oh, sure. you don't want to give it a try? You jumped on that scientific grenade and I, I am impressed. I, that was intentional. But and you sure you don't want to give it one go? Face face mites. What face what mites. is it? De, uh, Demodex folliculorum. Perfect. Perfect. Well, anywho, you rocked still, it. Thank you. From here forward, referred to as face mites. Face mites. Okay. Now, what I find fascinating about this is that they are sloughing off their genes at a fairly rapid rate mm. and are going to become one with us. Yes. 
Much, much like some weird aquatic creature. See, you now that's shaming. I don't want to say weird. Much like some unusual, that's also shaming. Hold on. Stop, stop shaming all these poor aquatic creatures. Much like a noble aquatic creature who has little smaller beings attached to mm. it that dissolve into it and become one with the larger creature. Okay, we... so, so I, I prefer to think of it more like the Borg. We're assimilating them into us. They are becoming one with us? Well, yes, but here's the thing is that the Borg collect everybody that they assimilate. And mm. we did not collect these voluntarily. Unlike the Borg, we they didn't chose go- us. Right, right, right. So not like the Borg. I'm going to think more like, say, whale lice. Okay. Now, not every human has these face mites. Mm. Roughly 90% of humans do. Mm-hmm. And we first get these face mites when we are breastfeeding. If your mother has face mites. You're right. Because they live, we'll just point out now, they live primarily on the face, like around the eyes and the nose, but they also live in the follicles around the nipples. Yes. So if your mother was bottle fed and she bottle fed you, you might be one out of 10 humans that do not have face mites. But for the rest of us, we do. It's pretty common. Mm. So we should call them face and nipple mites. <laughs> yes, right. uh, that would be more accurate. Okay. Um, but it's not quite as punchy and it takes longer to say. And we do like brevity. I'm just going to put this out there real quick because I believe I have them. So if there's anyone out there listening that might not have any face and nipple mites, I invite you to come to my house. I will rub my nipples on your face and transfer my plentiful bounty of face nipple mites to your body because they do provide some sort of beneficial service. So I'm just being altruistic here. If you want to come over, I will rub my nipples on your face. While wearing a mask, I hope, because the nipples can be out and blazing. But like, who just having someone come by yes. and you're just going to start But Okay, well, so but the thing is, we have to do this at night in the dark. <laughs> right? We, we can't do. do it just outside in the sunshine. No, And you'll you find can't. out why because, well, I'll, I'll tell you why because it'll kill them and they won't be out. But we also have to take large amounts of melatonin first. So this is my offer. You come over to my house. We drug uh -huh. ourselves with quantities of melatonin. melatonin. And then in, in the dark, once we're feeling drowsy, I will rub my nipples on your face. Are you not enticed by this offer, Rain? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm getting some really strong visuals. Give me, okay. okay. Hold on. Hold on. You've got to give me a sec. Okay. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> why, you might be asking, what's up with the melatonin? These face mites are absorbing. They're becoming one with us, mm -hmm. and they keep sloughing off capabilities and genes. And truly, we will, us and the nipple mites will become one. Mm -hmm. They have lost the ability to protect themselves from any UV rays, which means they can only come out at night. Yes, they hide in the hair follicle during the day, in the dark, dark recesses of our hair follicles. Avoiding the light. These nipple mites. Nipple I, face mites. Well, I first started calling them face mites, but now I'm way more amused at calling them nipple mites. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that they are face and nipple mites, because we humans like to abbreviate things and make it more succinct and punchy, I'm just going to start referring to them halfway through this podcast because what's continuity? Now I've rebranded them as nipple mites. Okay. These nipple mites are becoming one with us. Mm -hmm. We all live in a yellow submarine. 
and or your hair follicles. Yeah. So they they eat our our skin oil, our our skin cells, and we used to think, okay, these mites are really bad and they cause skin conditions and rosacea, et cetera, et cetera. And we theorized that the reason they were causing these skin issues is because nipple mites had no anuses. So they would basically eat until they were packed up to the gills with waste matter, and then they would explode, I mm. guess, kaboom, short lifespan. Yeah, they, and, they live only about two weeks. Right. Well, we were wrong. <laughs> they can poop? They can. They do have anuses, just like we covered in the last podcast where we couldn't find the dick until we stopped looking for the dick where we thought the dick should be. And it turns out the dick was always there. We weren't looking properly. And we wrongly assumed that these face mites had no anuses, were exploding, packed up to the tonsils. We're not saying they have tonsils with waste matter. And then their spewed fecal matter was bad for our skin. Mm -hmm. We were wrong about all of those because science is about learning. Because as I was saying, there is a beneficial service they provide. And it turns out that since they are eating all the dead skin and excess sebum, they help us with acne and other skin issues. Correct. So you want these nipple slash face mites. Which is why your kind and generous offer to- Rub my nipples on your face. But why, So why do they have to be, why does you and your face nipple mite donee need to be on melatonin? Because they have lost the ability to produce melatonin on their own. Because like you were saying, they are slowly losing a lot of genetic characteristics as they- are inbreeding with themselves and they are highly highly inbred these nipple mites like the amish like the amish like like any close-knit society they cannot produce melatonin they only come out at night because they cannot be exposed to uv light the way they know it is nighttime is they start feeding off of the melatonin that we secrete when it starts getting dark outside and we start getting sleepy because melatonin will regulate our sleep cycles, this melatonin makes them horny and it signals them to come out of the dark hair follicles where they've been hiding all day to come crawl all over your face and have big inbred mite orgies on your face all night long before scuttling off to the deep dark holes again during the day. So wait, are you saying that back when I used to take melatonin for my insomnia, what I was taking was horny juice for nipple mites? Yeah, it was probably like uh, nipple mite Viagra. Wow. Is what you were doing. When you were juicing yourself up with the melatonin. That's why I'm saying uh, we get together in a dark room, yeah, yeah. take a buttload okay. of melatonin so that the uh, nipple mites get horny, emerge right? <laughs> from their caves, and then I will rub them all over your face. To help improve someone's skin. What mm -hmm. a kind and generous individual you are. Nothing but altruistic in all ways. <gasps> Wow, I'm just uh, sorry. I just I'm having visions of nipples and face mite orgies while they're juiced to the gills. Not that I'm saying they have gills on melatonin, mm. and uh, I'm getting a lot of really distinct visuals. Let's, um, if you if you don't mind, mm -hmm. so that I can get your nipples out of my brain, out of um, your face. Okay. <laughs> but while we're still on the topic of uh, procreation, mm -hmm. because that is a topic we talk about a lot. Yeah. Well, it's a topic that humans talk about a lot because humans are interested in nothing but fucking. It is kind of one of our main interests. Mm -hmm. uh, food. We also like food. Yeah. So we can have the energy to fuck. Correct. Have you ever heard of the medical condition called hyperovulation? I have not. 
Not before this moment. <laughs> it's severe ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, to be specific. Okay. And basically what this means is that your fertility rates are through the roof. Mm -hmm. There is a woman who has now made the world record holder for the person who's officially known as having the most children in the world. Can you guess how many children she had by the age of 40? Okay, so if she's 40, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many twins she might have had, but if she was just pumping one out at a time every nine months, let's say every year and a half-ish, she's having a baby, so maybe 30. 30 kids? 44. 44 children. Yes, 44. She had four sets of twins, five sets of triplets, and five sets of quadruplets. What? So that's 20 kids right there with the five sets of quadruplets. Yes. Yes, five. Five of them. There was, because she was in Uganda, it was harder for her to access medical care. And basically what she was told by the doctors is you need to just keep relentlessly having babies. It's the only thing that will possibly work because of the medical condition that you have. So birth control is not an option whatsoever? Yes, Correct. So no pill will overcome her powerful, powerful ovulation. She was told that birth control wouldn't work and it would likely cause severe health problems for her. Wow. So all she can do is just be a baby factory for her entire life or just abstain from having sex. But hyperovulation means that her body is producing multiple eggs in one cycle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she could refrain from having sex, but unfortunately, she was sold off unwillingly at the age of 12. <sighs> and the option of not having sex was not given to her. Mm -hmm. uh, and once she started just popping out kids like her uterus was a clown car and she finally went to the doctor and they're like, sorry, you've got hyperovulation, birth control won't work. It will cause you health problems. Your only choice is to just keep cranking out these babies. And uh, eventually after she'd had 44 children, her husband who had swooped up and gotten her when she was 12, uh, uh -huh. ba bailed, left. So Bye. that was the straw right there. It was like the 44. Oh, I just can't handle this many kids. I was <laughs> so cool she, with 42, but yep, yep, that's it. So now she is working, trying to support her children. Uh, her children say that she is their hero. Uh, she and mm -hmm. her 44 children live in basically a, a compound. It's multiple buildings. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, you and, would have to. to. Yeah. And kind people have donated, you know, bunk beds and stuff, but it's two kids to a bed and, you know, 12 kids to a room. Yeah. Oh, should, her family, her immediate family is the size of a small startup company. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, if you if you have severe ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, uh, you can get fluid buildup in the abdomen or chest, blood clots, kidney failure, twisting of the ovary, or breathing problems. And because they didn't know what they could do for her, they were like, I guess just keep having babies. Uh, but in 2016, her husband bailed, and that was also coincidentally when she had her last child. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. 
coincidentally, you say. I think she's like, I'm ready to stop this now. Yeah, I think I've um, had enough penis in my life. <laughs> uh, which, you know, had she not been married unwillingly at the age of 12, she would not have probably been cranking out the kids quite as soon as she had and be left behind in, in, with 44 kids. Like, mm -hmm. And the guy just dodges out. I'm sorry, this is too much for me. I'm out. Uh-huh. Allegedly, there was a Russian woman who had more children, but it was also in 18th century rural Russia where mm -hmm. record keeping is not as precise. Mm -hmm. So we only have uh, allegedly anecdotal evidence. anecdotal evidence that one other person has beat this poor lady's overworked uterus. I think I heard of her. She had what supposedly 60 children or so. 69 children, 67 of which survived infancy. Wow. 16 sets of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. 69 children, but we don't know for sure. But that does sound like someone who has the same medical condition, but you couldn't really test for that in rural Russia a couple centuries back. No, no. I'm just surprised this lady living in Uganda hasn't died during childbirth because I would think the complications of having so many sets of triplets and quadruplets oh. is just mind boggling with the, the nature of medicine in Uganda. She must be sturdy and uh, strong able like to- Strong like Yeah. <laughs> She's strong like bull. Mm -hmm. Do you know who is not having sex? Many people, because there's a global pandemic. Oh, it's really yes. put a dent. Do I know? Of, there's lots of people. As a country, who is not having a lot of sex? You? Am I a country? My nation upon myself, just me, my nation of nipple mites and, and myself. <laughs> As a country, who mm -hmm. is not having um, Antarctica? I'm sure that there's sex in Antarctica, and it, and Antarctica is not a country. It's not. It's just a continent. As as a country, uh, mm. well, certainly not Uganda. There okay. Are... Okay. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a hint here. Okay. Okay. okay give it to me. Okay. I'm listening. In Japan, 40%. Is the, is the country Japan? Is it Japan? Is it is it Japan that's not having a lot of sex? Japan is not having a lot of sex. So so okay, I'm going to ask you this question, though. In Japan, 40% of men in their 20s have not what? Had sex. No. I don't know. I don't, I don't have those. I don't have those figures. Yeah. I have some other figures here, though. Were you going to say strap-on fucked? Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. I don't think th – this is from the government of Japan. And I don't think the government of Japan is going around doing surveys asking people if they've been strap-on fucked or not. The government does all sorts of surveys. Oh, yeah. I thought outside the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. that Excuse they me, be... sir. Have you ever had a dildo in your butt? This is for important Japanese social science reasons. Uh, I 44%. Um, 40%. Fisted. No. French kissed. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. It's no. Been on a date. For what? What? Almost 50%? Wait, 40%. What? 40%. 40% is almost 50. Yes. It's almost 10% away from 50. Yes. Has, has never been on a never date. Never been on a date. 25% of women in their 20s have never been on a date either. So there is there is kind of a mismatch here. So some of these women that have been going on dates have to have been going on multiple dates. 
I guess. Well, no, but how does that math work? Hmm, I'm just pondering here. If 40% of these men in their 20s, maybe maybe the women in their 20s are going out with older guys because 22% right. of men in their 40s have never been on a date. So as they get older in Japan, the likelihood of them being on a date increases, I suppose. Also, maybe the Japanese women could be dating other Japanese women. Possibly. There's that as right. well. They did find that men in their 20s in Japan... 65.8% reported having no spouse or lover. Wow. Some of this is because it's intentional. And some of them just aren't looking for relationships. Some of them may be happy with relationships with their anime partner or their body pillow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But 65% of men in their 20s and 51.4% of women in their 20s report having no spouse or lover at all. Wow. What really surprised me is that of the people in their 20s who were married, 5% of those people that responded to the survey had never been on a date. So they were married but had never dated. Well, so it wasn't like an arranged marriage or like... Well, so in Japan, they have what they call a konkatsu, which is a spouse searching service. So they'll just match you with somebody and... You marry them? Without ever even going on a date. Well, just exactly. like this... Or never going on an official date. Like huh. you, This person is compatible with you. I, we, we talked about how they're into blood types. Maybe their blood type matches. And they're right, like, right. hey, yeah. you guys are good. The reason why okay. the Japanese government is interested in all this and they're doing surveys about dating and spouses and everything in Japan is that Japan is graying. Very, yeah. And they want to try and figure out why aren't you fucking and having kids? We need to increase the population because we have yeah. so many old people that we need yeah. we need young, able-bodied folks to come in and replace all these old people. So how do we get people to date and fuck more? I had heard that Japan was having a graying population and they were taking steps, mm-hmm. anything that they could think of to encourage people to be banging more and reproducing more. Weren't they giving some sort of tax credit or something if you got married? Or had a kid, they were trying to find different ways to incentivize their population to meet up with each other and exchange bodily fluids. I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. I just know that they're trying to find ways to get people to fuck, pop out some kids. Maybe they got to get some of these Ugandan women over there, (laughs) start popping out the children. The other issue that's going on here is the Japanese society is very group-oriented, so they might not have gone on what we consider to be traditional dates, where you ask somebody to go and do something with you. A lot of what they do is in a group setting, in mm-hmm. school or work, they, mm-hmm. they get together, and a lot of times they'll meet a spouse in this setting, and they've never gone on a one-on-one date they just mm-hmm. kind of socialize and then say, hey, I guess we should get married because we're fairly compatible. They also have what they call GoCon, which are group dinners for singles or just this matchmaking services where a bunch of people will get together and they'll have dinner, they'll do some activity and they'll meet people through that. But then they never go on any official dates after that, which to our Western way of doing things seems kind of odd. Because usually you would go to these things, meet somebody and say, hey, I like you. Let's get together outside of here and we'll do a date. But that doesn't happen there. They just do these group things and then they go off and get married after that. That's one of the reasons why you have this staggering number of people in their 20s that have never been on a date. And even 
men in their 30s, 35% of them have said they've never been on a date, which is good because anybody who's ever been on a date knows how painfully awkward dates can be. So painful. So 40% of the population in Japan is kind of avoiding this that, that just <laughs> complex world of dating. You're welcome. Not only that, but anime partners have no face mites. Mm, then your face mites are going to get more and more inbred because <sighs> you, you, if you're close to somebody and you're rubbing up against them, you're rubbing nipples on faces and faces on faces and nipples on nipples, then right. your face and nipple mites have a chance to commingle as well. And, and get less, less inbred. Yes, and get less inbred. And so if you want... <laughs> if you want... If you, if you care Less. about the nipple mites, you should be having more babies. You should be rubbing up against each other. If you're in Japan. Consensually. Right. Or anywhere else. Well, I, I, there are some countries like, say, Uganda, who are, don't or does not have a graying out of the population. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's equal for all. We also have crashing fertility rates all over the world, though. Mm -hmm. So we do. we're going to be in the same boat as Japan at some point. Yeah, I, th I thought we were keeping things upbeat here. We're going to be being upbeat. I got I got something more upbeat here for you, okay? Oh, okay, so, okay, what do you got? You know how when you meet somebody and you instantly have an affinity for them and you guys just click and you're just like, oh my God, I really like you yes. so much. And even if they're just a friend, no, I'm not talking about romantic partner yeah, yeah, or anything yeah, I, like sure. that, right? You're just like, wow, you're cool. And they're like, yeah, you're cool. And we should hang out and we should do shit and we're just going to become best friends, right? Right. There's a new scientific study that has come out that answers why you might have this feeling of instant connection with some people over other people. Well, we do like scientific studies around here. Mm -hmm. I thought it was because you would run into someone who is compatible and had interests that matched with yours. Well, that's true, but you can still find people that match interests with you, but you're just like, ah, okay, they're okay. Which is why I once had a partner who matched with my sister on a dating site. Because on paper, it would seem that the two of them were compatible, but I would say for a fact that my partner met my sister and sparks did not fly. Well, there could be a reason. Mm -hmm. Scientifically, they have discovered you feel more of an affinity for people that smell like yourself. Hmm. So, so people, and this like... isn't for romantic relationships necessarily. This is okay. for close friends. What they did was they took 20 groups of close friends between the age of 22 and 39, both men and women. So these were close friends of the same sex. They had them wear plain cotton t-shirts for a couple nights for at least six hours overnight while they slept. They used all unscented products as much as they could. They avoided other people sleeping in the bed. They avoided animals and everything like that. They collected all these t-shirts from the group pairs and what they found is the people that said that they were friends and had an immediate affinity for each other, when they ran these t-shirts through what they call an electronic nose, uh, just senses different chemicals in the person's body odor, the closer the body odors were, the, the more the people were likely to have just an instantaneous liking of each other. Hmm. Interesting. I've certainly encountered people where I find the way they smell utterly repulsive. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they haven't showered or they're not wearing deodorant or they forgot to brush their teeth. Like mm -hmm. I've met 
these people that I've encountered in my life that like my nose, like I smell them. I'm just like, Oh, you smell like fresh out of the showers. Like you smell horrible. And then I see them end up in relationships or get married or be with people. And I'm like, obviously their nose is not registering the same way my nose is. Mm -hmm. I was under the impression that when you find someone's smell repulsive, it's because your genes are not super compatible with theirs. Mm -hmm. The more that your genes shouldn't mingle, the pheromones that are released become more repulsive to our nose. Mm -hmm. And the more that you should be sharing DNA with this person, the better they will smell to you. Mm -hmm. Well, according to this research too, if, if it's just a close friend, you're not going to be repulsed by their smell. You're going to be like, oh, they smell a lot like me. We can be friends. Because even if this person huh. smells that is completely off-putting in their smell and then you guys connect on a lot of other issues and levels and you're like, oh, yeah, I know you're really interesting. But if they don't smell, smell the right, right. Way, you yeah. guys aren't going to become close friends. No. What they did with this study to even prove further that there was this connection between similar smells and an affinity, like instant click friendship for each other is they took the results that they got from these different t-shirts and then they mixed and matched different people with each other. So they put people that didn't know each other, but had similar smells, according to this t-shirt study, they put them near each other near enough so they could smell each other, but they didn't say anything to each other. And they just kind of moved their hands and mirrored the other person for a little while. And then they give them a questionnaire as to whether they felt comfortable with the person and whether they wanted to meet them again, everything. And what they found is that there was a significant result. And they predicted that the people that smelled more similarly to each other wanted to see the other person again and felt more comfortable with the other person and as opposed to the people that smelled differently. So even though they never talked to the person, they didn't even really get more than like a couple feet away from the person. And they just mirrored the other person. They found themselves clicking with the people whose smell was more similar to theirs. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So okay. there, was, there was a significant correlation to this that was greater than chance than what they had predicted. Like these people are going to like each other because they smell similar or these people aren't going to like each other and they're not going to want to hang out with each other because they smell too different. So you and your close friends most likely smell very similar. Fascinating. I learned something new tonight. I love learning. Well, here's one more thing you can learn is that if you do have a close person to you and you lose them, Amazon in their <laughs> great, great way that they like to give us things that we don't really need and can actually be fairly creepy, have now found a way to use Alexa to have the voice of dead relatives. Uh, what? Wait, that's that sounds really creepy. It is really creepy. Prior to this, they needed hours of recording of people because they've had Alexas that will sound like different people. Like if you want to talk to Alexa and have Alexa sound like Samuel L. Jackson or Arnold Schwarzenegger, they can do something like that. But they have to have hours of the person's voice that they then patch together in their AI program. But this new technology, this new AI that they have developed they only need about a minute to two minutes of the person's voice and they can start simulating the person's voice through Alexa. So what they 
showed at their conference, their their new Amazon conference, is some oh. poor young boy mm-hmm. who lost his grandmother and he's like, Alexa, can my grandmother finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? And oh. now Alexa can read The Wizard of Oz to this poor young boy in the grandma's voice. Just by oh. hearing a little snippet of what the grandma sounded like. This is the new future of AI, which is interesting because if all you need is a couple minutes of somebody's voice, anybody listening to this podcast right now can get more than enough of our voices, throw it into the AI, and you can have a whole conversation with somebody in our voices without us ever being there and sounding like us. They could call me on the phone and talk to me as you if they have your voice and you're using this AI uh-huh. And just interact with me in this way. And I, at some point right now, the, it, it still sounds a little mechanically, right? Uh-huh. You can still kind of tell that it's just a computer-generated voice. But as it gets better and better and better, is... there's no way you're going to be able to tell that you're talking to a close friend that you've talked to before. There's no way to be able to tell that it's actually a computer on the other end. So it is getting kind of sci-fi, Black Mirror-ish. You could have somebody die and they can mine their social media for their personality, throw their voice into the AI, and you can sit there and talk to them on the phone as if they're actually there and have a reasonable facsimile of your departed loved one. That smelled fairly similar to you. (laughs) Which could be comforting, but also could really cause someone to fixate and not want to move on. Mm -hmm. Hmm. We are living in the matrix. This is the future of humanity. We are living in the future of humanity right yes. now. Well, it's going to be harder and harder and harder to tell what is reality and what is right. AI, uh, even with the Dolly 2 coming out. Ooh, I don't know if you've seen any of the Dolly 2 pictures. They are just incredible. I am enamored with this technology. It's it's incredible. What's the Dolly 2? What am I missing? What What's going on? Oh, Dolly. Yeah, if you haven't looked at there's pictures all over Twitter from generated from Dolly 2. Uh, Doll E, so it's a it's a oh, conglomeration oh, oh, this is the, okay. of, no, of I, Wally I was... and you know Dolly, the famous artist. Okay, I was seeing D O L L Y. Yeah, I'm like, is this some new sex robot that D-A-L-L-E. I? D A L L E. Okay, totally different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, but you could just input any text, and it'll create an image that has never existed and that looks fully realistic in whatever style you want, just by you typing in the text, but like, I want to see a picture of this thing. Wow. You know, when my dad was born, cell phones didn't exist. When I was born, cell phones didn't exist. Wow. Mm -hmm. You've you've seen a lot of change in your lifetime, haven't you? I've seen so much change. Did you have to go to school uphill in the snow? Uh, When I was young, we had to page each other. If we wanted to get a hold of them, we had to go to a payphone and put in the number and hope they'd call back in a timely manner. (laughs) That's how we'd communicate. (laughs) Clicking two rocks together. (laughs) Hold hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Do I do I amuse you? <laughs> I'm amused. I'm just amused. It was like your your timing and your pacing was just it was quite good. Oh, I, thank you. It gave me it gave me a chuckle. Oh good. Well, anyways, that's all I have for this week. Is you know we're living in the the AI cyber zombie future that we've all dreamed of and dreaded for so long.
I would like to finish this podcast with some thinned out anal walls. <laughs> Hopefully not my thinned out anal walls. I don't know if mine can get much thinner. <laughs> Neither you nor me. This is a little bit of a callback. As our listeners know, we love research and we love science and we love scientific studies. Mm -hmm. And we have in the past covered all sorts of things that scientists have done, including hotboxing lobsters, mm -hmm. which is like... Is that the creme de la creme you know, of the science that you, know, you found? You know, I've got an idea. Yeah. What if we what if we take these lobsters, see, and we hotbox them and see what happens? Yeah. It's right up there with giving uh, dogs Viagra. <laughs> just so they'll and, eat. Yes. And and counting for, rap owners is your favorite too. I do I do enjoy some rap You do counting. like counting rap owners? <laughs> you I mean I don't personally? I, I, I've counted a rat boner or two in my day. I have. Really, I'd like I've to had, see the tally sheets. I've, I've I've had pet rats since I was five, and they weren't all female. Mm -hmm. You get a male and a female rat, and pretty soon you've got more than two rats. Mm -hmm. There's definitely been some rat boners. Imagine getting a degree, working really hard, mm -hmm. and it's like, "Hi, honey, how was your day?" Oh, I spent all day counting rat boners. We decided for science that we needed to decree. If animals could survive by breathing through their butt, mm -hmm. you've covered this before. We, we, we talked have, about this in we a have, previous right, episode, right. yes, butt we, breathing but, in animals. But, 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 but we didn't cover out the thinning of the anal walls. Mm -hmm. We had a hypothesis, which was that <laughs> animals can breathe through their ass. Correct. And they had a control group of mm. regular old animals who were deprived of respiration mm. and received no intestinal ventilation, and they died after about 11 minutes. Yeah, like right, this what was choke out does. Right. However, animals who had received intestinal ventilation survived almost twice as long. This is Ninth. shooting air in their butt, oxygen in the butt. Correct. Mm -hmm. So control group, no oxygen in the butt. Mm -hmm. They were they were shuffled off this mortal coil after around 11 minutes. Okay. Animals that did get intestinal ventilation survived almost twice as long, up to 18 minutes, which indicates that there was some oxygen intake happening. Mm -hmm. You get an extra seven minutes before you croak. Okay. But <laughs> you're really going to use those seven minutes as you're being deprived of oxygen. However, if you want to have a 70% chance of surviving, okay. you don't just need the oxygen up your butt. You need to have your intestinal walls scrubbed mm. or uh, thinned out. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're like, we got the control group. These animals are not going to make it. They're mm -hmm. gone after 11 minutes. Okay, we're giving you some... Uh, ventilation uh -huh. or giving you some oxygen through your butt, mm -hmm. you're going to last another seven minutes. Yeah. However, if we take a scientist, I'm sure they were wearing a lab coat. Of and course. In my mind, they had to be wearing a lab coat. Uh, like a little bottle brush? How would you? Because they're doing this on <laughs> mice and rats and pigs and things, right? But mice mice and pigs. So they Just... had to... So the third group, they went in and someone who's like, mm -hmm. I... Johnny, into... it's your time to scrub the butt. Here's the here's the brush. Get in there. Remember, it's for science. <laughs> I went into massive amounts of student debt to get this degree, and it entails 
I mean, there always, it, it's not clear to me if it was a bottle brush, steel wool, oh. like a toothbrush, <laughs> toothbrush. I don't know. Like, but uh -huh. basically someone had to, the animal I'm sure had to be held down, restrained well, yeah. because it's not going to want, so you got the mouse and the mouse you're is- you're, you're torturing these poor animals. The mouse is spread eagled with his little paws bound down in some sort of weird bondage table for mice. Mm. And then the scientist has to lift the little tail out of the way and get in there with the bottle brush, I guess. Mm. Thin that anal wall, Johnny. Thin out the anal wall. And if that happened, the mouse traumatized from being restrained on the bondage bed and having some weird scientist thin out its anal wall. But... Three out of four times, it wouldn't die. It oh, would have... right. that's quite a payoff for all this anal scrubbing. Congratulations, young mammal. Oh, so if you thin out the anal wall and then do the the interior ventilation, uh -huh. as it were, you have a three out of four chance of surviving underwater for an hour. Okay, which is the length of the experiment. Yeah, that sounds like but something. Like, even if you even if you win, yeah, you think you still feel like a loser. You're traumatized. You've been underwater. Your mm -hmm. butt's been scrubbed. Like yeah. you have no concept whatsoever what, as to what, what's going on with these strange alien creatures. Just came it's along. It's like it would be as if Greek gods had come down off the mountain and wanted to be entertained and picked you up and started <laughs> scrubbing out your butthole and then holding you underwater. I wonder to see if, if that's died. what aliens are doing to people. They're not probing them. They're just thinning their animals. Get in there, Gleek Gleek. Clean that anal <laughs> wall. Thin it for us so we must probe. Uh, this is wow. something I'm going to offer at Folsom Street next year. I'm just like, anal wall thinning. Get your anal wall thinning here. <laughs> thin, your, thin your anal wall for you, mister. Uh, oh, boy. I'm uh, sure there would be, there would be some, there, yes, well, you some would have demand some, for that there. Some waivers signed. Yeah. I think more fisting and less mm -hmm. thinning of the anal wall. Yeah. I mean, you might get some masochists that are into Thin that. Thin the anal wall, blow some air up your butt, sir. And then, and then you'll be better at diving for abalone. I'm perfect, yeah. As you, you can breathe through a, your butt. As a win-win. All right. I, I, we're going to cut things off there. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's, that's okay. a good segue to exit on. Okay. If you uh, want more of us, you can find us on the social medias for Dirty Talk Podcast, uh, Twitter and, and the Facebooks and the Instagrams, and they can find you. All in those same places as well. And I'm, the, I'm there as TC Rollins on Twitter. I might post something like every three months. I don't know. Oh, you're really selling your Twitter there. It's exciting. Ooh, I'm excited. My nipples are hard. Yeah. Well, so I'm don't gonna... rub them. You don't want to rub off those mites. No, they're deep in the follicles. I no. have not released enough melatonin to get them worked up yet. Oh, okay. That's the other thing I'm going to offer at Folsom. We just have a blanket that we can hide under. Then your anal wall, hide under this blanket, take some melatonin, rub my nipple on your face, sir. Got to sign that consent form Just a penny first, farthing. Though. Just a penny farthing, sir. Rub my nipple on your face. Scrub your butt. Someone would say yes. Yeah. For there's, sure. There's a buyer out there for everything. All right. Indeed. Anyways. Give these fine people a jaunty salute. Send them on their way with these fire with these with these great images in their head. I'm gonna give a jaunty salute with these two fingers, which I know for a fact have thinned out some anal walls in their day. Mm. Over and out, my friends. This is why I have shorter nails because I wanted to stop thinning out anal walls. We're gonna stop now. We're it's we're stopping. Very we're kind stopping. of you. Yes. Good night, all. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it was a delight. We will catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>